Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Herdana Asban, here with my friend and Chavruta, Ann Gordon. Our dap today, a Reuven Yud. So I don't know about you, Ann, but I feel like whenever we get to Yud in a Masachet, it's like we're in it. <laughs> right? It's such a big deal. And then I, I, then I keep checking myself on this because really it's only nine pages in because we started on page two, but it still feels like we're on page 10. It's it. It feels like we're on page 10. It's in. Um, so we will jump straight into our daft today, which is more discussion on Mavoy. Um, and the Gemara at the top of the daft uh, is having a discussion about this concept of Niremi Bachut Vishava Mibifnim, right? The idea that if you have this lechi, if you have this side post, which is visible from the outside, but appears to sort of be even with the wall from the inside, can you still consider it a lechi, right? Does it still help you with establishing? Uh, this era for the uh, Mavoy. And the Gemara concludes that, yes, you can. And then we have an interesting comment here from Rav Yosef. I'm a Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says, Lo, uh, ha He says, I did not hear this halacha, this halacha of Rabbi Bar Rav Huna uh, that was being discussed. So I want to do a little bit of a who's who here. Um, I'm sure many of you have been using in English, whether it was Safaria, um, whether it was... Um, uh, the Steinsaltz noticed that in that translation there, it mentions that Rav, Yos- that Rav Yosef was sick and somehow forgot uh, some of his learning. So this is actually Gemara that appears in Adarim on Dafmem Aleph on page 41. Um, and just to talk a little bit about who he was, so this is Rav Yosef Barchia. Um, often he's just referred to as Rav Yosef. He's obviously a Babylonian um, Amora. He was a student of uh, Rav Yehuda. And um, when Rav Yehuda died, he actually was going, he was sort of next in line to become the Rosh Yeshiva of Pumpedita, uh, but he did not do it. Instead, Rabbah took over, um, which was a position that Rabbah held for many, many years. And then Rav Yosef only took it over after Rabbah passed away, right, who died at the age of 40, and he only held that position for two years. Um, So what we know is that Rav Yosef at some point got sick. Um, and he, whatever it was, whatever illness that he had, um, it's sort of, he lost some of his ability to recall some of his learning. And so often there's a few um, examples in the Gemara where you'll see this exchange where Rav Yosef basically says, I didn't hear, you know, or I don't, I didn't hear this halacha. And then Abaye, who's a student, comes and sort of reminds him, no, 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 you did actually teach us this. Um, so I think there's something like a little bit sweet here. You know, you, we can all imagine a, a teacher or a parent or a grandparent, um, you know, who unfortunately because of illness, uh, whether it was some sort of de- some type of dementia, that's not what the Gemara says. I'm just sort of putting a modern day spin on that um, or something else where sort of his he just could not recall things the way he used to. And sort of sitting next to him is this ever devoted student of a Baye who's sort of in this very beautiful way wants to remind him, no, Rebbe, you actually did teach us this. And so here is the beautiful exchange between the two of them. Amar Leia, so Bai says, Atta Martin Ahalin, right? He says, no, you actually told us this this halacha, Vaha Amart Nihalin. And this is what you taught us. The Amar Rabbi Bar Abba, so Rami Bar Abba said, Amar Ravuna, in the name of Ravuna, Right, so talking about a side post that extends 
along the wall of an alleyway um, and, and beyond, okay? So again, because it extends beyond uh, this wall, okay, it looks like it, it looks like it's a continuation of the wall, but because it's actually narrow in width, right? It's visible from the outside, okay? And so it's if it's a side post, we'll consider it a lefty if it's less than four amot, okay? Um, and if that's the case, then you can use it or you can use this mavoy you can carry up until the hudo hapnimi, up until the inner edge of that side post. However, our ba'amot, right, nidon mishumavoy, ba'asor lihishtamesh b'chulo. But if the side post goes beyond four amot, right, then it is considered as if that mavoy doesn't have a lachi, it doesn't have the side post, and therefore uh, you're not allowed to use any part of that alleyway at all. You can't use any part of that mavoy at all because it's like it doesn't have a lachi. So in other words, the lefty is allowed to extend, but it cannot be more than four amot. Um, and so therefore, So then uh, Rav Yosef comes back and he basically says what? He says, okay, from here, we can learn three things, okay? And what are they? Okay, the area between the sides post is prohibited, right? Which we know has been a discussion, right? Is the area underneath the Korah, the crossbeam, or the area between the side posts, is it considered to be a sore? And again, from what Abaye said, right, where he said that if it's less than Arba Amot, right, we are saying, you can go up until the inner part of the side post. So in other words, that's saying really the area underneath or between the side posts is a sore. Right? And the second part is that the sort of minimal length of a mavoy has to be for amot. Um, right? And this is the principle that the Gemara is really in the middle of discussing right now. That's something that you can see from the outside, right? This post that visible from the outside, but seems to be even from the wall from the inside. We still will consider it to be a lachi. And remember, again, that gets into a whole discussion sort of like, who is the side post for? Is it for the people who are inside the Mavoi or is it for the people who are outside of the Mavoi, right? And we discussed this a little bit later, right? Is it, you know, w- what's the point of having uh, the Lachi there? And then the Gemara concludes, right? So the Gemara basically says, right, that it is going to say that this concept of right, that kind of Lechi is going to be considered to be a lechi. Um, but uh, then the Gemara is going to say, you know, then the Gemara is going to say, So this is sort of an interesting question that the Gemara is going to uh, pose here, which is that if you have a conclusive, what I would say, like a, a refutation, right? Is that we'd say of this opinion, how could it also be a halacha? Because in other words, earlier in the daf they discussed this concept of and they came up with reasons to reject it. But yet here they have this exchange between Rav Yosef and Abai, which sort of pretty much establishes that no, uh, is the case. And so then the Gemara is saying, wait, is it possible for us to refute it? But yet at the same time saying, no, we can actually, uh, you know, we can actually say that this is the halacha. And so the Gemara answers, and we say yes, because Rabbi Chia 
actually taught this um, in a brisa. So even though beforehand we were able to refute it, we have enough precedence, right? We even have this from a brisa that Rabbi Chia taught that we are going to hold by the principle of So, you know, I wanted to share this again. I, I thought this was just interesting to introduce it to Rav Yosef and this whole beautiful exchange with him and his Talmud Abaye, who sort of tries to help his Rebbe remember the halacha that he taught. Um, and then, um, you know, again, this concept that the Gemara talks about a little bit, which is, you know, often they'll explore a principle and sort of do a back and forth, trying to either disprove whether it holds. And here they did that with Nirami Bachutz Veshava Bibifnim. But then after this, you know, recounting this exchange with Rabbi Yosef and Abai, reestablish the principle and then sort of have to say, right, but if we have any Tiyufta, if we have any refutation, are we allowed to abide by it? And the Gemara basically uh, concluding that, yes, you can. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to let that stand and move on to our next case. Um, our next case is, uh, and, and again, I'm going to remind everybody that there are more cases on these DAPIM than we're going to be able to get to, but hopefully we'll do enough of a sampling of them that they'll leave us with our principles and, you know, actual cases also so that we can understand how the principles are applied, you know, for actual settings, you know, uh, courtyards and so on. Um, and... And it's not going to be exhaustive because that's just the nature of it. And there's an exhaustive amount of cases on these pages. Okay. So at the, towards the very end of Amud Aleph, we have a whole discussion here about a very wide alleyway, a very wide Mavoy. Tani Levi. Mavoy shuhu rachav esrim ama. No, esrim ama, 20 amot is considered Rabim, right? Like it shouldn't even be a question. No, You can set up a reed in the middle of it. So what happens is that you can set up a reed in the middle of that of the entranceway to this the entryway to this mavoy, and that will fundamentally divide what follows. Even though it's not that big, it will divide what follows into two separate alleyways that are each ten by you know ten amot and ten amot. So the problem is that then they say no, it's that halacha, meaning that the read counts to divide the twenty amot into ten and ten, is not really in accord with with this whole thing. And then it goes on to say amre amr shmuel. Maybe it wasn't even Levi. Maybe it was Shmuel. Ishmade Levi, meaning Shmuel teaching in the name of Levi. So first of all, this is all the rejected halachic position, right? So we can ask all the questions we have sometimes about, you know, why is it here to begin with if it's rejected out of hand? And the answer is, well, the part that's accepted is in fact what puts it here, right? This idea that there is a case and that this is a possibility. And then the fact that it's rejected means this is not a book of straight-up halacha that tells you what to do. It's also the rationale and the reasoning and so on. And it also leads into our next case, which does give us an actual, uh, more practical solution without rejecting it. So then the Gemara says, Elahechi avid. So re- really then, what are you supposed to do? So now we've definitely got Shmuel in the name of Levi, right? as opposed to before, who would see, where it did seem to be Levi himself, and then this would be the student. So what's the case? Oseh well, again, we're still talking about a 20, a 20 um, amot 
Mavoy. So what happens? Oseh pas gavoa asara b'meshech arba amot. So set up your set up your um, sideboard to be. It's going to have um, four amot, but it's going to be tall. It's going to be ten amot high. Um, I'm sorry. One second. It's got to be ten amot wide. Tfachim. Right. Tfachim. Sorry. Yeah. Tfachim. Right. That's that's why I said it's gonna, that would be too much. So it's going to be ten tfachim high, and then arba amot long. Whatever. Umamido, and this is the part that I find so interesting and kind of creative, right? Umamido are koshal mavoi. So you've got your 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 mavoi here has an entryway, or perhaps the width goes the whole distance of twenty amot wide, right? So and that's really just very wide. So he says, take your take your board here and put it like just down the middle so that you'll divide it. Yeah, you there you've got 10 by 10, but not because you have a reed that's showing a little demarcation of it, but really you have a physical board that's of some, you know, it has some substance there and that's going to divide your mavoy and then you'll end up with 10 on one side and 10 on the other side and now you're good to go. Right? And then the Gemara says, Inami, alternatively, Yehuda. Maybe you, this was really, you know, the, it's a different read as, a, as compared to the opinion of Rav Yehuda, the Amar Rav Yehuda. Maybe it wasn't 20 amot to begin with, and it was the, this case of 15 amot. Marchik, amot, pas, shalosh amot. So you can then end up distancing where you're expecting to close your Korah to begin with, right, from, this is the assumption from the principle of love that we already have discussed, it doesn't actually have to attach as long as it comes within those two Tzachim next to it, the three, four Tzachim, depending on what you ask, whoever opinion you follow, right, and then your, your sideboard here does not have to be so big, Right, because first of all, your whole thing is fifteen, and now you can say, well, it doesn't have to go all the way to the end, because the end of the walls, right? Because you can say it will go close enough that it will be filled in, and then your the enterprise is just a little bit more modest of an enterprise than the first case suggests. Um, and then the Gemara goes on to talk about, and I will call this math, right? Meaning, if you need to have um, uh, um minimum space, right, that's covered to call this space a mavoy, and you need to have a maximum space, you know, that each each component part has to be that big so that you can really cover the ground. So you say, well, you take put two, two tfachim here, and, you know, then you've got your tanamot over there, and so on. And, but then you could do that, put one here and one there, right? And really, the, the Gemara here goes through Several different cases about the way you could just the way you could divide up, you know, um, an amot, an ama, sorry, and a half, or you could have two amot on one side and one ama on the other side, right? And the Gemara, you know, likes some of these possibilities better than some other possibilities. But the bottom line is that um, I would say there's some jumping through hoops here, to, um, you know, not not in a crazy way, in a in an in an active way, let's figure out how to make sure that we can make that this twenty amot mavoy is not going to remain that large. In which case, there's no capacity to um, to use it uh, with an eruv, right? 
I mean, at least according to those who say that that's sufficient to make it impossible to do so. Fine, whatever. That's a, if we put in all the caveats all the time, right, it's, it gets to be a bit much. But the point is here that in throughout each one of these cases, each one of these suggestions of how to handle this, right, um, all they all come together to, to show us how much the Gemara is trying to put an air of into place. Um, yes, so there was something about this that I thought was interesting because on the one hand, it shows you how solution-driven a Reuven is. Like, they understand that, like, they sort of have to come up with a solution. So there's all these permutations. Let them put a block up like this. Let them put them up like this. But yet on the other hand, there's also a piece of, like, this is so much effort to do. So how do you do it in a way that's really plausible for people to be able to do it? Right. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I want to just raise one one other small piece. It's not a small piece. It's a big piece. I want to talk about it in a small way before this stuff is over. Um, already, I think you're, Dan, I think you talked about this. I don't remember if it was yesterday or two days ago, but there's a discussion of when Rav Dimi would come from Israel to, Bab- to Babylonia, right? So we have a return to that phenomenon of Rav Dimi coming from Israel to Babylonia, right? And the case, the case is a completely different case, which is why, like, this, let's put everything we've set up until aside, and we're going to talk about his following. Uh, I'm going to read here from the Gemara on... I don't know where it is. It's, I don't know, maybe a third, more than a third of the daf left to go on Amabet. Okay, so the Gemara says as follows. Tanan Hatam, and it's referring to a different Gemara. Or ha'asla v'chalal shalo b'mizdarfin b'tefach. Right, so the Gemara is talking about a case, and it's really a complicated case from Masachet Kalim and the Tosefta there, where we're talking about a, there's a leather covering, and it says here, and asla, of, I've seen the translation here to be a stool. Um, the modern translation of Asla, of course, just to make this juicy, is toilet. But it, it seems here, right, that the question is that there's a, a hole that the is cover, covered by the leather, and that's going to make um, total, I guess, a tefach. And this is, a, and it has ramifications for the laws of Tumantara and what happens if you have an ohel and you have um, impure. Um, you know, kalim or an impure if you have a dead body in your ohel, right? There's there's a whole again. We're not there, and and I can't get into it today about that either. But here's the part that I want. The Gemara says, "My or hasla, what is this leather covering of this stool, right? That was mentioned. It's mentioned in Tosefs and kalim. That's fine. But what is it? What do we? How is it relevant? What do we need from it? or kisui and here's how we get to a toilet. Rav Barav Khan says, in the name of Rav Yochan, this is the leather covering of Beit HaKisei, which is, you know, if you're in Israel and you want to know what the bathroom is, don't use Beit HaKisei. People will laugh because it's, you know, Talmudic language as opposed to routine, which means facilities, which is the proper way uh, in modern Hebrew to talk about a toilet. But but this is what it is, right? This is the discussion. And then the comma, the Gemara says, how large can that hole be, right, and have that leather, and together it's going to make a tefaf. So this is the interesting part for Erevin, right? The toilet isn't really talking about Erevin, but it is talking about measurements combining. And here we go, ki Ravdimi. So when Ravdimi came, anyway, again, he came from Israel to Babylonia. Amar, 
So that you can say if you have two fingers of of the ore of the leather from the one side and two from the other side, and then you have then you can have uh, again two fingers in the middle. So altogether you've got like six finger fingers width, I guess, of the le- leather. He at a rabbin, and this is this is the interesting thing. It's not just Rav Dimi who's doing this traveling, right? When Ravin came, Ravin from Eretz Israel to Babylonia, what does he say? Etzba umechtzamikan, etzba umechtzamikan, etzba revach beemtza. This is you can have a finger and a half of the leather on this side, and a finger and a half on the leather from here. Meaning this is a more stringent position. Uh, again, you can sometimes see it as more lenient, but the point is that his measurement is smaller. And then you can have just one etzba in the middle, and then that's going to be your your how you're going to kind of add everything up to be the tefach that you need, right? And then Abai says to Rav Zimi, and with this we'll close. Although Abai does continue, both Abai and Rav Zimi kind of close off close us off the daf. We're not going that far. Amar le Abai le Rav Zimi, me pligitu, right? Do you do the two of you disagree in principle? Meaning, are you, do you have a machloket? Do you have a dispute here to your rationale, or are you just saying what the what the measurement is here? Amar lo ha beravvata ha bezutarta velo pligin. This is well. No, I'm making the measurement with my thumb, with a big finger, and he's using the measurement with his uh, the other way around with the pinky, right? So then, how many fingers? How many fingers does it take to make up that same amount of space? If you're using your pinky finger, it will take more finger breadths as compared to if you use a thumb where it's just going to be one or one and a half, right? So the idea is still that there's they're, they're taking such care to figure out exactly the measurements and how far across and so on, when at the end of the day, they're really talking about the same measurement with you know different fingers from the same hand. Okay, so all of this discussion about this leather covering of what amounts to a toilet is then has to be applied, right? These positions of Rav Dimi and Rav Avin have to be applied to the case of our Gemara, our Erevin. And that's what Abaye does next, meaning, and that's how he clo- he carries out the daf. And he says, you know, you say you're agreeing, but really you don't so much agree. And he tries to fill that out. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get into that both because it's complicated, also because I've been talking for plenty long now, but also because it's not really what Rav Dimi and Rav and Ravin were doing, right? They had a discussion about something else, and it, because it's about measurements and fulfillment of a tefach, right? So then it can be applied here or in a complicated way. Uh, I I think that Abaye works hard to to apply it here. Look, I think this is a great example of how Halakha and the Gemara works, right? It's taking a different case that seems to be completely unrelated to the discussion in hand, but trying to see, can we figure out underlying principles? Here being, how do you add space up? How do you add physical partition up or physicality of something when it's interrupted by broken air or space? Um, And he's trying to see, is print halachic scenario uh, where that principle can be applied and then could we extrapolate from that some truth when it comes to a Reuven. Um, so it, to me, that was a lovely example of what Abaye did here. Yeah, I, I agree. Meaning I, I understand the enterprise and I and I think it's valuable and I think that's what we talk about 
you said you mentioned the other day intertextuality, right? Like this is inter, I don't know, halachicality, right? Something. Yes. Um, where we just invented a word, but we're <laughs> going to use it again. Okay. For sure. So, but right, but this, you know, the application from one case to the next, the tricky part is that because these cases are not really the same, and we're not even talking about the same measurements, right? Because the one is much of a much smaller distance and so on, then, then it gets complicated. It's not, it's not that it shouldn't be happening. I think it should be happening. We understand why Abai is doing this, but to make that jump still requires some, some effort. Yeah, I will. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see this all throughout our Zafiomi learning. You know, where are the examples where it looks like something's taken totally from somewhere different? I personally love the example on today's DAF, which is, I think, why you, you know, uh, pointed it out. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts for hosting us on the site. Uh, let us know what you thought of this DAF on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.